Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got her with punishment. Young is just got with it, but it's either what we come to win. Others in love with the drug and this family just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 48 Minutes, our unfortunate Chicago Bulls season preview. Alex and Sean are not with us this week. That's okay, though. We brought in our main Bulls coverage guy, our good friend from todaysfastbreak.com, and also an occasional contributor to blog a bull. Correct me if I'm wrong there, of course, Jason. Mr. No, Jason it's, Pat. It's not just one correction. It's not today's fast break anymore. It is fa- just FanRag Sports NBA. Just minor oh. correction. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Welcome, today's fast, man. Today's fast break went basically just cut, went into FanRag Sports. Same company, just part of the whole FanRag Sports umbrella. I dig it. Okay, yeah, I know that FanRag's grown a lot, so that's pretty cool to be there as things are going yeah. to make it happen. Yep. <clears throat> so, welcome, Jason. It's been since the trade deadline when we talked about Cameron Payne coming, and oh, he broke his foot, so we just oh. gave up some more draft picks for nothing. So. <laughs> There's that. Um, I feel like this is going to be very much our um, Chicago Bulls Festivus. So I know Airing you're ready for this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So let's go ahead and start. Um, you know, they they are up 2 nothing on the Celtics, obviously. It looks like things are looking good. Then of all people, Rajon Rondo ends their season when he gets hurt. And the Celtics go on to win the next four, which I called that. I knew it was going to happen. And, of course, it leads to Jimmy Butler getting traded for crap and um then you know our backup point guard breaks his foot so um what have you thought of this bulls offseason man yeah so uh, i was actually surprised that they did pull the trigger on a jimmy trade obviously the rumors had been uh flying around they've been flying around for, they were flying around for a while but i still didn't think they'd actually have the guts to do it and then when they did it uh i was like well this isn't that great like i mean the return you, you called the return crap I don't know if it's necessarily crap. It's not, I would say it's not great because there definitely are questions about each individual part of it. And right. the, when they and they were talking about, obviously the, the Bulls scar packs, they sold it as, oh, we're getting whatever, three lottery picks out of it, blah, blah, blah. Which, I mean, there are definitely ways where the trade could work out well for them. If Zach Levine comes back from his ACL injury and plays well and the Bulls sign into a decent deal and he grows... And he turns in a really good player. All right, fine, that's good. Chris Dunn, I'm much less uh, hopeful about whatever he can do. He was awful as a rookie. He was an older rookie. So being awful as an older rookie is not a good thing. He does have some defensive potential. But if he never develops his offensive game, especially his jump shot, he's very limited. And then Lowry Markkinen, who was actually really good at Eurobasket today. That was actually kind of exciting to watch uh, Finland upset France in the first game of Eurobasket. And Markkinen had 22 points, had a huge, few huge shots late. But still, like he's a player who could also be limited. We know we've seen the Bulls draft the last few years, or just bringing guys that just like we Doug McDermott, Denzel Valentine, not the most athletic players, maybe one dimensional. And Markkinen's really skilled. He showed that off today in this EuroBest game. Really skilled, can really shoot it. You worry about how he's going to hold up strength wise, athletic athleticism wise, his defense. He was all right today, but I mean, against the competition, 
France's big men were Joffrey Laverne, RIP his Bulls career, terrible, and <laughs> Boris Diaw were like the French big men. So like that's not the best competition. But so like I said, there's some upside for all these guys. But overall, it's like eh, whatever. Like Jimmy's really good, and he had two years left on his contract. And obviously the Bulls heading to give rid of get rid of their 16th pick wasn't. A lot of people were upset about that, and then selling the 38th pick was was I know a travesty and a lot of people were very upset about that myself included it made no sense their explanation made no sense they basically said their draft board was was uh done it's like oh well we don't really like anybody left at the 38th pick so we're just going to sell it for cash like that's just that's just kind of crazy so I know a lot of people nationally the Bulls have been panned for their trade just because of even if the Bulls wanted to make whatever they wanted to pick a direction people have been asking them to pick direction making the trade of Jimmy for what they got a lot of people just didn't like it, and I guess the best outcome that you maybe really hope for, even if like Levine is never never really pans it out or anything or done or marketing or whatever, but I guess the best outcome you just hope for is that the Bulls are just god awful the next couple of years, and you yeah. get and you get in this draft and you get high picks and when you in this upcoming draft you have like four or five guys who are really good with Marvin Bagley, Michael Porter Jr., Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton, Mohamed Bamba's some of those guys, and then I know 2019 is supposed to be good as well, so I guess. What you really just got to hope for is that the Bulls are terrible this year. They should be terrible. You look at the roster, they're absolute garbage. So, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, they did pick a direction. I guess if you want to give them some credit there. But another, the next year or two probably won't be won't be very good to actually watch the games on the court. I will be rooting for a tank. That's, that's I know that for sure. Yeah, I'm with you, man. So let's go back to draft night because I'm so glad you brought it up because I wanted to talk about everything that happened that night because it was just kind of like it all sinking in. So, uh, when they make the trade, you know, the three of us were together, actually, and we're we're, watch, we're all watching the draft because we did our live stream of it, and we're sitting there when they make the trade, and uh, the seventh pick, we're going, okay, Malik Monk's there, Dennis Smith's there, this is going to be fine, this is going to be okay, this is going to be good, and of course they take Laurie. Um, I, I liked Laurie at Arizona. I thought he's I mean, he's obviously a really good three point shooter. His scouting report does look somewhat similar to a Nico Miritich scouting report when we heard of him coming over. So at seven, was that the guy you wanted them to get or thought they were going to get, or did you think it might be a Dennis Smith or a Malik Monk? I guess I'm not surprised that they took Lowry, but it, it definitely was kind of weird once you read that. Like they didn't really. I don't think they had him in the building. I don't think they interviewed him at all. I don't even know if they. I mean, obviously they scouted him before, but like never like really face to face, which is kind of weird. Uh, I mean, I know, I know a lot of people, myself included, after Summer League, and Summer you don't want to make snap judgments on Summer League, but Dennis Smith, I know, was great in Summer League, and it just seems like the upside with a guy like Dennis Smith is probably higher if he pans out like you would hope. People have made the Rose-Westbrook comparisons, obviously a long way to go to reach to reach that type of level, but just with his skill set in terms of his explosiveness, athleticism, if he gets... And if he just learns how to play the game, well, Dennis Smith, especially with the Bulls that they've looked, they've been looking for a point guard, for an actual good point guard of the future or whatever. That seemed like Dennis Smith would have been nice. But I mean, like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on Lowry too much yet. I'm, I'll give him a chance. Like I said, he does bring a theoretically really good skill set that could work into whatever theoretical hoy ball. Actually, like I said, I think hoy ball is basically a theoretical thing as it is. And like I say, you do you, like we. Like I guys mentioned before we do worry about the one-dimensional thing because we've seen this stuff with McDermott. Uh, he was 
build as just this lights out three point shooter. It'll be a great shooter off the bench or whatever, and then maybe transition to a good starter, good all around player. But then he was just so bad defensively, just had no all around game that it just didn't work out. So you hope that Laurie doesn't turn into something like that, or like Nico, who's just been super inconsistent. So like I said, I'll, I'll, I'm not totally totally down on the pick, but right now, just based on like the glimpses we've seen, Smith does seem like the more inciting player. It was fun to watch a lot. Like I said, as I mentioned before, Lowry really tore up the Eurobasket game, and I'll be watching him pretty closely to see if he can keep that up. Because it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, it is always good to see, and it kind of gives you a little bit more confidence in that circumstance. Um, so as if this all isn't terrible and things aren't bad, you know, with everything that's happened. There's this big, giant black cloud still hanging over the United Center, and he wears number three, and his name's Dwayne Wade. And there's this buyout thing we keep hearing about because he's about to make a lot of money, and he's not fitting into what the Bulls want to do rebuild-wise. You hear these reports that Nick Friedle comes out with saying that um, the younger players couldn't stand him because he didn't practice, and him and Jimmy kind of secluded themselves from the rest of the team. Obviously, there was a lot of drama in the locker room during... Uh, January when they were on a rough stretch. So, what do you think? What is your opinion on the Dane, Dwayne Wade debacle? I think I might. I would tend to say that I would like to just kind of get him out as soon as possible. Like, obviously, they brought the, the bringing him in was a mistake. I thought to begin with the whole three office thing was goofy. Even if they were up to on the Celtics, it was. I mean, the whole year was mostly disaster, and the Bulls yes. kind of they just kind of. They got lucky in the first couple games. The Celtics weren't themselves. They were, and the Celtics were overrated as it was. But they had Rondo playing out of his rear end in game two, and obviously Jimmy was huge in those first couple games. So whatever, like the way thing, the way Rondo think it was a mistake. I didn't think it should have happened anyway. So like now, I feel like you just pay the guy. Go, he can go play with Cleveland. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen right away. It'll probably be a few months or so. I feel like maybe, especially once Levine is healthy, because I, I know Levine said that he would like to be back. Before the start of the season, I feel like it's probably not going to happen. They'll probably take a while with him just to make sure he's healthy, and so they'll bring him back slowly. But I feel like once Levine is back, I feel like you just got to get Wade out of there because Levine's going to have to start at shooting guard. I mean, there's and there's just no point in bringing Wade off the bench on this team. So just like maybe they'll he'll be around at the start of the season, but after that, just once Levine's healthy, just try to do their best to get get him on his way. And I would assume he's just going to kind of coast. He'll provide veteran leadership, but apparently all the young guys don't like him anyway. So it's like if he's not even going to be a veteran leader or whatever, what's just what's the point? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, you know, you talk about a lot of these guys in this team, and you know it's going to be a lot of young guys, and that's the plan. Like you said, it's pro- it's not the decision everyone wanted them to make, but they finally made a decision on the direction they're going to go. Um, I'm happy for Tank. I'm all for rebuild. I'm like you. I want Marvin Bagley. I want Michael Porter Jr. Um, they could pull off some weird thing like when the year they drafted Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler in the first yeah. five picks. <laughs> I'm down. Um, but with that being said, you know, there's going to be a lot of young guys getting a lot more minutes. You know, now that campaign's out, Jerry and Grant probably jumps into that second point guard position. Uh, Justin Holiday, actually, no, Justin Holiday's back, so that's a nice. I, I, keep like for, I keep, yeah, I keep forgetting that they signed him. It's, I, it's, I like that pickup, actually. Yeah, he's really solid. He was really solid when the Bulls traded for him initially. And he was solid with the Knicks last year. He was the Knicks were obviously a dumpster fire, but he was really, he was one of their better all-around players, solid guy off the bench. He should be pretty solid. That was a cheap deal. 
makes a lot of sense. Just he's not t- super young, but I think he's like 27, 28. But just nice guy to have around, solid player. So yeah, I agree, solid move there. Yeah, and then you bring in David Nwamba from LA, which that was I thought that was a decent move yeah, for Warriors. Absolutely. Move. Yeah. Um. So who are some of the younger guys you really think might make some strides this year? I know it's a hard word to say strides in <laughs> yeah. hoi ball with young guys, but I think that you know. These guys are going to get extra minutes, more than they're used to playing, obviously, because things aren't going to be good this year. Uh, but is there anyone in particular when you look at this roster you think is really going to make a, a decent step forward? Uh, I can't say that I'm like confident any of them like making a huge step forward based on what I the right. stuff I saw. Like, like I was not impressed by Denzel Valentine in summer league at all. Me neither. And like, I mean, I I think that the idea of him is all right, but again, he's he's so slow. And like he he's a streaky shooter. His defense really is whatever. He, you worry about him being almost dug like on defense, but just as like a ball, another ball handler, like the idea of him as a guy who was a, he was a great passer at Michigan State, really good playmaker. But at the NBA level, he just can't break any anybody down off the dribble. He once he gets the ball in the lane, he just like doesn't know what he's doing. We saw it in his rookie year, and then we saw it again at the summer league, and it was just. Like at summer league is when a guy like that, and especially that he's older, he should be able to dominate some of those players. And we still he can't really get to the line. He really couldn't get into the paint and finish for himself or really create for anything. So I feel like that's just going to be a problem for him because his lack of athleticism. So if that is going to be a problem, I feel like he's going to be pigeonholed into just like I said, streaky three point shooter, okay ball handler types. Like that's not that exciting. You go down the line like Paul Zipser's. He's fine. He had a fuse fine yeah. his last year. Like he can be all right, but like I don't see him taking some like huge step into a really good player. Like Bobby Portis should get a bigger opportunity. Like big big Cristiano Felicio just got the new contract, which his new contract was fine. He signed that pretty early. I think it was eight nine million a year. Totally fine. Solid for a backup type center. Maybe he's a starter in a few years, depending on what happens with Rolo and whatever else. So like I look at these guys and it's like I really can't like. Put my finger on any of these guys like taking a huge step forward. Even I, I mentioned Chris Dunn earlier. Like Chris, I, Chris Dunn has a ton of room for improvement as a, as a shooter, as an offensive player. But I'm not that confident in him actually doing it, just because he was so bad as a rookie last year offensively that it just you, you look at these guys and there's really just nothing, no one where you could point and be like, yeah, I'm really like feeling good about this guy being a real cornerstone of the team in the future. So it's just like I guess you got to pin your hopes on guys like Levine. Lowry and like I said, and maybe maybe Portis and Denzel take bigger steps than I expect. But like I said, I'm not, I'm not that confident about any of these young guys. That's why I'm that's why I'm waiting for them to get a high draft pick and hopefully get one of these studs. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you mentioned Rolo. You know, it's a guy that's a veteran guy. He was he was pretty darn good for the Bulls and stretches last year. Um, do you? That's gotta be hard to sell him, right? To come back and really play for this team as they're rebuilding. Um, you mentioned Chris, Lee, Chris Feliciano being behind him. I, I can't imagine. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you disagree, but I can't imagine he's very up and ready to go to play for a rebuilding team this year. I mean, he seems like a good guy, professional, and he'll he's getting he's got a pretty nice contract. He'll I think he'll he'll work hard. He'll probably be a leader, but I would bet he would love for a trade to a, a team where he can contribute to a team that's actually decent could maybe do something in the playoffs. Because so I feel like the Bulls should be on the lookout for trades for Rolo. I think they could get – I don't think you could get a lot for him, but, I mean, if you can get even a, a young guy or if you could get a chance at another first-round pick, I don't know, that might be stretching it. But if you could get any type of future asset for Rolo, I just – he when he, he probably won't be on the team when the team is trying to get back into contention. So it's like, 
like I said, he'll be around. I feel like he's a guy maybe you look to flip at the trade deadline or something and, try to, like I said, try to get an asset back. But, yeah, he's he's a professional, solid player. He's a nice guy to have around in the locker room for a bit of, for the young guys. But I would look to get something for him at he some will, point in the future. We'll always have the memory of him tying Jay Crowder's shoes in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's a goofy guy. He's a funny guy. He's, he, I know he, he loves doing his stuff. on. I know the Bulls are really good at the social media thing. He, I think he did that, like, Beauty and the Beast yeah, and their Snapchat, which is kind of funny. He's just a fun-loving guy. I know him and his brother are goofballs, so like he's he's a nice, good guy to have around. But I feel like at some point, just get get an asset for him and send him somewhere good so he gets out of out of this rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we were talking about a little bit. You, you mentioned Nico a couple times, and um, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just behind. Are the qualifying offers still out there? If I mean, he's he's yes. an RFA. Um, I I think it's a good idea. You know, if they if they can do the qualifying offer, like, I think Nerlens Noel just got like four point one from his qualifying offer, and I think that ceiling's much higher than Nico Mirotic's. Uh, yeah, I, I I said this the other day after Noel signed his qualifying offer. Nico's is, I think is about seven ish million, just because of his contract is he wasn't a normal rookie contract because he came over from Europe, so his is a bit more. But I feel like that would make sense for kind of all all parties, like with the Bulls. You don't have to pay him that much. You don't have to make a commitment to him, like because he's been so inconsistent. So now on a rebuilding team, where with no with no Jimmy, maybe no uh, Wade for a while, maybe he'll get more of an opportunity to handle the ball, be a little more versatile instead of just being a spot up shooter. So he can probably try to play for a contract for himself next year. Even though I know there won't be much cap space next offseason either, but he could still probably do better than whatever was happening now. And like I said, and then the Bulls can get another year to. To whatever to analyze his play, whatever evaluate him, and then they can decide. The Bulls will have plenty of cap space next off season, so like his cap hold probably wouldn't be wouldn't really do too much for like wouldn't be too much of a hindrance. So then they could decide then next summer if they want to keep more. I guess they could try to use him as a trade chip. I know if you're playing on the qualifying offer, you basically have uh, veto rights on a trade, and I think any team that gets him would not have any bird rights on him. So it kind of lowers the value of him in a trade but if anything maybe you still get something for him if a contender wants to take him and even flip a second round pick or or anything back for him maybe that works out so I think of the qualifying offer I think makes a ton of sense in the world just because of the short-term commitment don't have to send anything long-term and then you you won't necessarily take up cap space in the future when the the Bulls might want to use it like I said if they might have the cap hold next summer but they could easily get rid of that if they had something lined up which I guess I'm not really anticipating the Bulls having making any big moves next summer, but they are they will actually have a chance with not many other teams having cap space to have a lot of cap space. But that's looking way ahead for a team that is going to be terrible this year, and I don't know why anybody would want to sign with them anyways. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Nico though is kind of like a like that's like a Greg Popovich player. That's like a yeah. he takes him, puts him on his bench as like either ninth guy. He goes out there and drops 17 in a playoff game. We're like, oh, that guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm so I'm really disappointed that the Nico thing just really hasn't worked out. And it's funny because like if you look at like some of the num some of the numbers like the Bulls in all three years the Nico lineups when he's been playing stretch four like when it was like him and Jimmy together and whatever fill out the rest of the lineup that those lineups usually did pretty well spacing the floor with J- with Nico and then with Jimmy as a dominant ball handler those lineups always work pretty well. It's just that Nico individually has just been such a head case, so inconsistent with his three point shooting just all over the place. And you never you never know what Nico you're gonna get, and I was so disappointing because I had such high hope hopes for him. The last couple of years, I kept thinking, all right, this is the year Nico is gonna be. He's gonna have a huge year. He's gonna really break out. It's the whole like 
next Dirk stuff, which, which is obviously nonsense for basically most of these players. People love throwing out Dirk comparisons for any 7, 6'10", 6'11", European player that comes over. But I thought that he could still be a really good player, really con- good contributor. It just, just really hasn't worked out as hoped. I still have some faith that he can at least be a decent player, if not for the Bulls, for some other team. Like I said, if he, if he goes to the Spurs and is a pop guy or he goes somewhere else, maybe he'll he'll the light will the light bulb will click on someday. But right now, it's just been an inconsistent guy. And like I said, I'd hope I'd like to see him back for just just this one year and see what can, see what uh, he can do. Yeah, I agree, man. So let's talk about real quick. I know we uh, we we booked you for a short time, so we are we're, we're running up on that, but. Uh, what do you think now that campaign's out for a short period of time? How does this point guard rotation play out for a little while? I, I mean, we, you know, we obviously assume Chris Dunn's the one, um, and then after that, it's kind of you know, there's Grant, there's there's no Isaiah Cannon this year, so that's a plus. <laughs> um, but other, I mean, is it and then Holiday like we mentioned? So, do you think? I mean, do these guys get decent minutes, or is campaign? I mean, is uh, Chris Dunn gonna go out there and play thirty six minutes? Uh, I mean, I would get, I don't know about Chris Dunn's play thirty six minutes, but I would assume like he'll get the bulk of the minutes. Grant was Grant was solid for a lot of last year until the playoffs when Rondo got hurt and Grant was just completely lost and an abomination. But like, I just like none of these guys are that good, so it's it'll be interesting to see how these minutes play. Out. I guess David Nwaba could be could get steal some minutes here and there if he. I'm not. I can't remember. Is he at two? Two way contract? I can't remember. Or is he actually? They have a kid on a two way contract. Yeah, I know they've arced Diacono or whatever yeah. signed to a two way. I can't remember if Nuaba. Let me look this up. If he got a guarantee or a partial guarantee, uh, looks like Nuaba is a partial guaranteed contract or like a non guaranteed. Yes, I don't. He's not in a guaranteed contract. But if anything, with especially with Payne being hurt, maybe it gives him a better chance to make team. With Payne, especially, like, I feel like Payne just. I would almost think about just cutting him. Like yeah. he's, he's guaranteed two point two million. This is going to be the third, second or third surgery of the same bone. He hasn't shown anything in the league of being a worthwhile player. Actually, I just read an article on the Strauss. Sometimes I was tweeting about it. Pedro Colley, who's always always good for some laughs and some of his reporting is a little always a little as fun to follow. But he's some guy. I guess told him in the Bulls for an officer. Some one of his sources said that. The Bulls knew that he was the campaign was a bum by the second day of practice, <laughs> and he was <laughs> the source was throwing a lot of shade at Gar Foreman. So it's like, I mean, and it was obvious. So you watch Payne; he was bad with the Thunder. He had the injury problems, and last year with when he played with the Bulls, he was absolutely terrible. And then he was awful in summer league too. Like it just, he's never shown at any type of NBA level that he can be even a decent backup point guard. So at this point, with his foot surgery again. I just don't see. I feel like he's going to be out of the league really soon. So like with him out of the picture, Dunn should get the bulk of the minutes. I'm curious when Levine comes back if they try him at point guard at all. The T Wolves tried that; it did not work out well. Maybe the Bulls try it since they're just so their options are such crap. But the the point guard situation is definitely dire unless one of these guys steps up and is huge. And like I said, I don't think I think we kind of know what Jaron Grant is at this point. Because even if David Nwaba plays, he's a limited player. So it's, you're just kind of hoping that Chris Dunn figures it out. And I said, I'm the, as I've mentioned multiple times, I'm not that optimistic about it, but maybe maybe I'll be surprised. So a couple questions before we get out of here. Next one is uh, talking about Fred Hoiberg and you know everything that he is and Hoiball and whatever that is. Uh, there's a lot of discussions on if this is any other franchise. I think the Fred Hoiberg hot seat would be on fire. But 
with John Paxson and Gar Foreman in charge, I think this is we're going to play it out by and see how it goes. Where do you see the quote unquote Fred Hoiberg hot seat at currently? Uh, I would guess it's not going to be hot at all. Like since now that they're re- that they're in a definite rebuilding mode, I think they they would have to be. I think just really 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 bad like they're going to be bad but like if they're a team that and there's just clearly no development going on and then maybe if there's like problems in the locker room and and if they're a team that looks like they're going to win maybe 10 to 15 games or something like that and if they're just that bad maybe they bounce Fred but I think that he's got he's got a year now at least to work with these young guys and as long as they show any type of positive development I think he'll at least he'll at least be back for a whether it be his fourth season in 2018. Yeah. So I feel, like, I feel like the hot seat at the start of this year will not be very hot just because when you go into a rebuilding process and your whole thing is, well, we're, now we're going to give Fred like his style of play and we're going to give him a chance with the young guys. They're going to at least give him probably a full season unless it's just a complete, complete disaster. All right, so the last question we have before we get out of here, and thanks again. We always enjoy talking with you, as you know. Um, which team wins a, wins more a higher percentage of their games this year, the Bulls or the Bears? Uh, I'm going to go with the Bears. I've been talking to myself on the Bears being a little better than I was thinking because I thought they were going to be terrible too. But I'm now thinking the Bears could at least have a decent defense. Their offense will probably be terrible no matter what. Glenn Mike Glennon's awful, but I mean I think the when I the what over under for the for the Bulls is what like 22 game 21 and a half or something like that. I think they'll be better than that, but if the I'm thinking the Bulls win around like 25-ish games and the Bears win maybe six or seven. And I think, so I think that would mean, I can't. Yeah, that would mean the Bears. Yeah, yeah, the Bears, yeah. So, yeah, I'm leaning towards, the. I would say the Bears, but the Bears could easily be awful too. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they were really bad. But for right now, I will say the Bears because I just think the the Bulls will definitely be bad. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for a year where the Sixers and Nets might be better than the Bulls. Yeah, I don't I know. know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, well, the Sixers should definitely be. The Nets are interesting. There's a lot of people talking about the Nets, and especially with the Kyrie trade now. Like, a lot of people have been like, "Oh, well, the Nets are actually going to be a lot better this year, and that pick's not going to mean much." And I, but then I look at their roster, and the roster right. still really sucks. Like, they they traded Brook Lopez. We'll see if Russell. Maybe if Russell takes a huge step forward. But still, like most of their rosters are is a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of bumps. Like, I, nope, the Nets might be around with the Bulls, maybe a little better, but I don't think it'll be that much better. And they were terrible last year, so like it's it's gonna be the I think it's gonna be like the Bulls, the Nets, probably the Hawks, battling out for the bottom of the East, depending on what else. Like the pace, like I said, the Pacers are probably gonna be pretty bad, but I feel like they made enough moves of to get competent players where they might be a little better than those other teams that I mentioned, but like I said, just I'm hoping for the Bulls to just be as bad as possible. Maybe that'll, like I said, maybe that'll get Fred out of there. Maybe they'll get Gar out of there. I don't think Pax is going anywhere. And then they get the number one pick and they can pick Bagley or Porter or whoever. I need to, I need to start researching more on, on those guys because I'm not totally sure who I want yet. So I got to start diving in and watching, watching some of these kids. Can we even sell as Bulls fans? Can we sell the team anymore? Like, you know how like, people try to be like why are you a fan of the bulls what do we say anymore do we still say like the 90s is that still it uh yeah i guess you got Mike, michael jordan growing up with michael jordan and uh the derrick rose was cool for one year and but besides that the last few years have just been just so painful and i think a lot of people like i said nationally have just seen like the dysfunction that's been happening with the organization just it's just been it's just been a hot mess it's just it's just crazy that that 
I, I've, I've expected that John Paxson isn't going anywhere. It's just crazy, though, that with what the, the Bulls, the personnel moves that have happened lately, that Gar Foreman is still around. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Like, they've made so many bad moves. We talked about Cameron Payne, McDermott trade, some of the other stuff that's happened. Just a lot of bad, big, bad moves. So it's just, it's crazy. It'll be interesting to see if if the Bulls are indeed or it's really bad this year, whether, like, we've talked about Hoiberg, and then whether if Gar's actually on the hot seat. Maybe, maybe he will be, but I feel like at some point, in the future, yeah, we have to get some kind of kind of change in management, coaching staff, unless they somehow surprise us all. But like you said, there's just not the, there's just not that much to say about the Bulls right now. That's that's really positive or anything to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. So last thing, how excited are you for the Minnesota Bulls? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, they they'll be really interesting. They they should be really good. It'll, I was curious. Wasn't too thrilled with the Jeff Teague signing. That'll be interesting to see how he plays there. But Jimmy and Towns is awesome. And then with Tibbs there, and obviously with Taj there, that I mean that should that'll be a fun team to watch. I know Vegas was super high on them. I think they had them at like forty eight and a half. I yeah. I mean, I guess if everything comes together right, if Towns takes another step and they get things things together defensively. Maybe they win 50 games. That'd be a huge jump. I think they'll end up in the mid 40s. I think they'll be a playoff team. Like there's, I feel like there's too much talent there, and Tibbs is too good a coach that, barring if there, unless there's big injuries, that I think if they stay mostly healthy, that I know their bench isn't very good, but there's enough top of the line talent there. Where I think they should, even in a really tough West, they should be able to sneak into the playoffs. And like I said, who knows? Maybe they really gel and win 50 or so games and are a real fun team. It'll be. I'll, I will definitely be keeping an eye on them. Yeah, they're definitely a league pass team. That's for sure. For sure. So, Jason, as always, we'd love having you on the show. And this is your first time here under our new banner, so I hope you liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, before we get you out of here, as always, the floor is yours. Where can the world find you, whether it be Twitter, social media, your, like, your articles, everything you got out there? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Bulls underscore J. And then for NBA general NBA coverage, I haven't written that much this summer, but Plenty of stuff that I've been overseeing at FanRag Sports NBA. Zach Harper does a lot of stuff there. Kelly Scala does some really good work there. We've got a bunch of other really good writers putting up good general NBA content at FanRag Sports NBA. And then for Bulls coverage, I still do some stuff over at Bloggable, general uh, contributor type stuff. I wrote a quick thing on Markinen's game today. It wasn't anything too exciting, but it was, like I said, it was fun to watch him play and fun to watch to actually be somewhat positive about something happening with the Bulls because not much has happened but yeah so FanRag Sports NBA bloggable.com at Bulls underscore J Twitter excellent well this has been 48 minutes Chicago Bulls venting period preview um always appreciate Jason so everyone have a good night